Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. Oh, welcome to episode number 72 of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. We are back and refreshed from Weed Week. Yeah. That was pretty entertaining. Got a chance to, uh, to get our name pulled out of a hat. Yeah, it was, uh, well, we were off on Friday. Wife and I roll into a bar, a little local bar up the street. Kids are in school. We're like, hell yeah, let's get a drink. I walk in. This guy keeps looking at me. And as I'm paying my tab, he goes, thrill. You're off on a Friday and weed week. Why is that? Because it's weed week, homie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because I went up to Oak uh, Harbor and got vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow, man. That was, uh, you know, it's beautiful up there. But I'm still thinking when I'm driving up there, like, if you're not working for the United States Naval Academy, because, or the United States Navy, because they have a, a, a air station there, what are you doing up here? Like, you've got to be retired. You know I would what I'm think saying? Officer and a gentleman vibe might be yeah. going on there. Uh, a teacher, a cop. I'm trying to think of the jobs that are required, right? So, a teacher or a cop, like, what else do you do? If you car dealership for yeah. some reason. All right, car dealership. It's a beautiful town. Every, like, 50% of the plates were out of state because of the military. Gotcha. So oh, it's right. very, uh, very transy population. But either way, I'm hoping to get a, uh, I'm hoping to get a second vaccination a little bit closer to home next time around. <laughs> that would be very cool. Uh, we do have a couple of emails we want to read to you real quick before we get into the podcast. Uh, Ola Bicholas, this was from last week. Happy Weed Week uh, in honor of today's holiday and also being my 33rd birthday. Well, we missed that one, Elliot. Uh, please see the attached donation receipt for $104.20 to the local JBLM Fisher House. I don't really have anything to promote, as I myself have been uh, serving in active duty Air Force for the past 12 years, and I'm just more than happy to donate to such a good cause. So let's just say today's episode is brought to you by your good friends at Astroglide, which it actually has. Oh, nice! A huge fan of you guys for a long time and love everything the UNKISW do in support of our uh, military members and our local charities. So I'm uh, more than happy to return the favor, and I tell my friends all over the world to listen to you guys on the Odyssey app. So we appreciate that, cool. too. Uh, I'm from the local area. I've had the pleasure of being stationed back here for the last four years, and I'm about to head out again soon to finish out my 20 years somewhere else. I'll always be an avid listener and continued supporter, and I hope to see you guys one time again at Red Festival. Uh, I'll have a tequila shot and a Men's Room Original Red with your shot of the day today. Three out of five stars wouldn't change a thing. I hope you guys get another chance to be syndicated again because you obviously deserve it. Cheers, guys. And uh, P.S. In a world where candy-ass seltzers are taking over, we need your Pilsner now more than ever. I hope to get a chance <laughs> to try it soon. Best wishes and uh, happy 420. That from Elliot. Elliot, we will have uh, some news, hopefully, uh, coming up uh, as far as the beer from Elysian. To be uh, quite honest with you guys, since you listen to this podcast, uh, the idea of putting a beer on tap at a bar uh, wasn't the best idea at the time to launch <laughs> yeah. when no bars were open. Uh, it also helps that you could sit at a bar and see the tap handle. It goes a long way, man. And everything went to hell. And we can't you know. tell you to go to a place and then you show up and you can't sit down. You can't get a table. You can't try the beer. The beer would only have been available at first on draft. We have those plans uh, in the works. We're just kind of waiting to see, you know, what the, the right time to do this is. Sure. I mean, you can't uh, you can't pay Justin Bieber to play a, a 10-seat arena. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're not going to get your money back on the deal. So it just wasn't the right idea. But we still, um, we're still working on that. Some other interesting uh, things maybe down the pike as well, uh, maybe with our name on it, that uh, we have been trying for the past couple of weeks, which are... Uh, we, man, like... <clears throat> A couple of things that we have in the works now. The beer you know about, because we had this whole plan. I mean, we went to you to come up what we wanted to do. 
COVID hits. We got one or two other irons on fire that we were very excited about, and things were gearing up pretty strong last year. Yeah. And then COVID hit. So the good news is, a year later, these other people we've been in contact with have reached back out and said, look, we're still game, but we were all in the same situation. Like, there's no point in doing this when no one can go anywhere right. to yeah. enjoy this thing. Yeah, it's why we're not having Red Festival. There's a, there's a reason why these things are not happening, and, and we're trying to be as patient as uh, anybody else out there. Another email. Fellas, I'm making this donation uh, for a public, sh- uh, public shameless plug for my YouTube channel, Pink's Garage. Check Who's? out pinksgarage.com. Pink's uh, Pink's Garage is dedicated to Pink's Garage and all the cars that get worked on there, Mustangs, trucks, Fiesta, Sonics, and many more. I want to share all the work I do on mine and other cars as well as some drag racing videos. He says, hey, guys, I just like to work on and uh, race my cars. Enjoy sharing it with anyone that would like to watch. Uh, Steve, you race cars. <laughs> yeah. uh, t- trying to hit that all-important 1,000 subscriber mark. I really love the Fisher House and what they do. I made this donation to the local JBLM Fisher Houses. I have been listening to the men's room since it first started on the buzz. Wow. Can't wait until there can be another in-person Red Festival event. Thanks, guys. That from Michael Pink Pinkerton, who donated $250. Dollars. Right. Hey, here's my question. Now, this might surprise you. I'm a bit of what you might call a technological caveman, or as my wife calls it, an effing idiot, as my kids call it, absolutely hilarious. But what happens when you hit 1,000 subscribers on YouTube? Is it like the advertisers come in? Is that a... To be honest with you, I think it's just a milestone. I, I don't. Mean, I know there's a personal mile. We, we had a story anyway about a guy who, I don't remember what it was, but he got 20,000 people on YouTube, I want to say it was, but the difference in his financial revenue, right? Because yeah, now, yeah. adver- so I yeah. don't know. Yeah. The advertisers, they put on there, they'll give you maybe a small check, depending on how many people watch the video, right. how many subscribers you have. Okay. Because that gives the... exposure to the 15, 20 second, 30 second commercial sure. front. So. We would do product placement if you could see us. I'm not exactly savvy on the the YouTube hierarchy there. I just know that there's Mm -hmm. some people that make a decent living out there on YouTube, and there's a lot of people that try. Yes. So uh, since uh, Michael Pink Pinkerton, by the way, that is pinksgarage.com, brought up the fact that uh, uh, he's been listening since the buzz. Go back in time a little bit here and tell you a few stories from the buzz days. When we first got to Seattle 2005, uh, Steve and I were staying in a hotel. We brought that up before. The Spring Hill Suites down here by the Metropolitan Park. Fine place. Yeah. We were there. continental breakfast, yeah. stole sausage biscuits every morning so we could eat later that mm-hmm. night. Uh, stayed there for a couple weeks. Still trying to figure out where we were going to stay. Ted was on his way. He was en route. Uh, or he was here. I don't know. Did Ted have his own... Uh, Hotel room, or were, were, do we? He was hear? in the same. He was in the same hotel. He had a separate room. But he got. Did he get here at the same time? Yeah, he got here at the same. Yeah, time. we all flew out okay, together. Okay, all at the same, same time. So that was right. That's what it was. Ted was able to masturbate. We were not. Yes, that was our whole thing. Like, okay. hey, man, as long as we're sharing a room, please, 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 do not jerk off. I so, think we can both agree that's just too much. So we needed a place to live initially, and we didn't really have any place. So our boss hooks us up with a three-bedroom uh, apartment. Buildings probably from the 20s or 30s. Yeah. Located on First Hill, which is Pill Hill. And actually, ironically enough, from our brand new studios, <laughs> we can see the exact apartment that we lived in for, I want to say, eight or nine months while we were here. Yeah, something like that. And it was, uh, it, it was, it was fairly entertaining, to say the least, either way. Um, we were working the nights initially when we moved out here. Yeah, seven so, to, was it 7 to 11? It was either that or 6 until when? 7 to 11. 7 to we 11. followed Lycus. Yeah, Tom Lycus. And uh, it was a pretty fairly entertaining experience. 
the radio station featured uh, Robin and Maynard in the morning, and they were a legendary show here on KISW as we celebrate 50 years of KISW. They were one of those legendary shows. Middays was uh, the BJ Shea. What, how did B, how did BJ frame that? Was it the BJ the BJ Shea Morning Experience? No, no but he was on middays. He did that oh, when he got to the rock. Right. He so was like, middays on the buzz. I'm trying and to was, remember, was it the BJ Shea Experience? Maybe it was just the I BJ so. Shea Experience. Okay, so BJ's doing middays, and then Tom Likas is coming on in the afternoons with a wildly popular show here mm-hmm. in Seattle. It was the number one show, ironically enough. Uh, Tom had some friends here because Tom is very into wine. He, he also used to do a, uh, a specialty show on the weekends just where he would talk wine. So he had some friends that were in the wine business. He had some uh, different friends and associates up here. So Tom would occasionally come into town and do his show live. He would host parties and all that stuff. So we actually got a chance to watch Tom Likas work, which was interesting because he would read the paper. Uh, I don't know if you call it work. He would read the paper. All right. Seriously. Because the big thing on Tom Likas' show, because he, he would always say something mildly inflammatory, right? People get their hackles up. They call into the show telling him he's a moron or whatever. But what he would do often, Mike, you call the show, so I put you on one line. Miles calls the other one. You guys disagree about whatever. And he will put them on together and let these, these callers duke it out. And every once in a while, if you're listening, you would hear him do that. Exactly. And, uh, so we're watching him. Now, he, he's doing a show from Seattle. So we walk down the hall to see the number one guy in Seattle, how he does this nationally syndicated program. Once he gets these two callers yelling at each other, and this is not a joke, he's drinking red wine, talking to his producer about uh, maybe pick up three or four more bottles of this. Now, when you're listening on there, all you hear is the callers. Yeah. And then when he's done talking about wine, he sips, he's sampling like seven different wines. He is a big wine guy. Then he opens the newspaper, not even online. I mean, he opens physically a newspaper, and he's just reading stuff, right? And his callers are still bickering. And then he would he would kind of lend an ear to see where they're at in the conversation. And when he ended it, he'd be like, you both make very good points. And he boots them off there, right? Now, keep in mind, he's reading the paper. Yes. But if you're listening, what you'll hear is, and I saw this interesting story in the paper. And Miles and I are like, you just mm-hmm. effing read that. Well, right. And he would read the story verbatim to people and just say something again, mildly yeah. inflammatory, like, well, that's stupid. And the calls yeah. cut porn in, and well, he put two more people against each other, and he's drinking wine yeah. again. And I'm like, but he can, only, he can also just have one person on the air. And we, he, it would, he, he would be like, Tom, listen, I'm having problems with, I don't know if I should be dating this girl or whatever. And he'd be like, Alrighty. And so, but then he would cut off the mics, and we'd be standing outside in the, in the hallway just BSing on our own about something else. And he'd open the door and go, Hey, what's up, fellas? Come on in. And the guy's still on the line. He's still like, and then Tom would just <laughs> lean over, turn the mic on, and, go, and just go, like, Yeah, I hear you. And then turn it off. And then you go back and he talked to us. I mean, it was basically the equivalent. You want to try some wine, fellas? Any, like, oh, my God. If any guy out there has that conversation uh, after work with a wife or a girlfriend, yes. it's a lot like that. How's your day? Okay. Right. You just uh, you just drop little things and in to let them know. All right. I'm kind of listening. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, the idea is, is that you are. You care about the day. You're sorry the coworker did whatever. Sorry you're frustrated. I'm sure the cashier has it in for you personally at the local Safeway. <laughs> right. And yeah. that's why something <laughs> exactly. went wrong. Right? Because that's the way it's always explained. The world is against your significant other. And they will explain yeah. everything. And you know, you kind of just check the you just check out <laughs> and you literally hear 10% of what they're saying. Just you pay attention just enough to go like, I hear you, babe. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you check out. That was like us. You and find it, a way to listen to the cliff notes of the story. You do you know their intonation. Right. So if you hear them getting worked up, you do the 
Sorry, babe. I agree with you. No idea even what you said. No, nah, yeah. it doesn't matter. You just need this. But Lycus was that, and it was effing brilliant. So he these was, callers, was essentially, it was like his wife calling over and over. Oh, I hear you, Timmy. And he's back talking mm-hmm. to us again. Actually, when we were here, he got assaulted in downtown Seattle. Oh, yeah. One of his listeners, somebody who was, you know, intoxicated or whatever, he was down at, uh, uh, what's, I love the place. Five Point? Five Point, Five yeah. Point, and somebody, you know, accosted him. I don't even know, maybe they didn't know who he was. I don't know what the situation now, I think, was. I think they knew who he was, and they're mad about something. Yeah, but uh, he used to host parties at, like, the Phoenix and other places, and we'd go down there, man, and it was just packed. He would sell <laughs> these places out. And he would just get on the stage and do a show live from that venue. You know, it was cool to us to watch all that stuff. So, but, but we would come on, and you know, occasionally we would come on live after Lycus, and he'd throw it to us. And that was, that was pretty cool. But we, we did the night show. And I think uh, we had a couple weird little highlights in there. Uh, we had a guy named Seymour Butts, who oh, was, yeah. he is a, a porn star, and he had a show. Cat House? No, that was Dennis's show on HBO. Seymour Butts, he had a show. Family business? Family business okay. on Showtime. All right. So we actually got to be on this show called uh, Family Business, just them coming in. I think it was mom was in. I mean, it was like family business. It's a Honest family. To God. It's just porn. But I mean, it's like, yeah, like, this is my daughter. This is my son. They run the right. whatever. This is my mom. And it's cool, yeah. but you're like, But her mom's wow. like, you know, editing the footage of her son having, you know what I mean? It's kind of just. A, mom's like 65 family, years old. It's a family but, business. But it's business. <laughs> it's business, right. which, is, which is pretty crazy. But I think uh, I think some of the best times that we had, we would get off the air. It was 11 o'clock, and we had to walk up Boren, which was a pretty big hill. We told you at the time that Ted drank a gallon of milk, stayed behind, was crapping himself to death. For an hour. Yeah. For, but, but we would walk up this hill, and we would go straight to this bar every single night. And I'm talking our girlfriends weren't here. We were just on our own, and we would just absolutely get hammered. There was one, there was one day where... Ted and I decided that we were going to go out and do some day drinking. I think your girlfriend had flown into town. So Ted and I are going to go out. We're just going to get hammered. We end up there, all right? And they have some crazy-ass special on, on mixed drinks. And it's like, I don't know, $2 wells or something. I am 12 Jack and Cokes deep, or 12 whiskey and Cokes deep. So I go to yeah, put some— It's not I, Jack, it's whiskey. I go, to put, I, go to put, uh, I go to put money in the jukebox, and the first thing that pops up is Bob Marley. So I play Bob Marley. And the guy across the uh, guy across the bar is like, "Oh God, Bob Marley!" And I mean, I grabbed my glass and I kind of stood up, and like Ted held me back. I'm like, "I'm gonna kill him! I'm gonna kill him!" Because I was so hammered. He was making fun of my Bob Marley, so Ted had to hold me back from killing this guy. Same bar, we met some people in there we know. We had this just bizarre interactions with some of the people. Pjork. And, yeah, uh... yeah, yeah. Like this one guy was like. I can't remember if he was complaining about his ED or his girlfriend was. It was keep in mind, this is like the first time we've hung out with them right. outside of the bar. They're the bartenders, all right? So they closed the bar. But at this point, we've been going there six, eight weeks. We're good for it. They know. We're like, hey, we live around the corner. We'll keep the party. Mm-hmm. They're like, cool. So we get there, and I don't remember if she was present at the time. It, Either Basically, way. he was just like, hey, man, let me just ask you guys something. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of relationship related. We're like, Okay, you know, we'll do the best we can. Keep in mind, we haven't had sex in a long time. We're horny. We're ready to go. (laughs) And the long story short, it's this. In about two sentences, he explains, IVD, she has herpes, sex, and we're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. So your penis doesn't work. 
She's having an outbreak. None of us needed to know this, man. Then there was another bar downstairs called Vito's. Now, Vito's is now more of an upscale Italian restaurant, which it originally was. But in this form uh, of its ownership, it was uh, basically a late night. uh, It was a thug club. It was was basically a a dance club. Every single, and this is not a joke, every single night. At last call, a fight broke out in the street. It would spill out. And we would just sit in our apartment on the corner, right, and watch this thing go down. And like any fight, right, it always ended up being the same thing. The guys came out on fire. They are pissed. Whatever their issue was, inside. And they're jawing. But at some point, and this happens with most guys, you realize, I'm just drunk and I really don't care about this. So you never want to back down, but you could hear both sides kind of dissolving the situation. But then inevitably, the girlfriend, who knows she's not going to get punched in the face so she can run her mouth. F you, you fat, ugly. Oh, and, yeah. And you could see these guys kind of like, baby, baby, please. We don't, calm down. We don't calm want to down. fight it. But then the chick from the other side would get going. And, I mean, this would go on for like 20 minutes. And I maybe saw three punches mm-hmm. get thrown the whole time. Now, Mike, you got to understand this, too. and I'll, I'll, I'll tell Because this relates to a current story. And I don't think I've told you guys this. But this was kind of like one of those things where I am. This is absolutely par for the course for me. I have not seen my girlfriend in months. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am horny. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot wait for her to get here. She's going to move out here. We are going to have a great time. Mm-hmm. We are going to meet and go up to this bar where we normally go to. Okay? Now, keep in mind, I have not seen her in a couple of months. I'm also, in the same time, having a lot of conversation with my ex-wife about our separation and our impending divorce. So, I'm talking to her a lot. I'm talking, you know, obviously to my girlfriend a lot, trying to get that thing settled down. So it's like the first night. Just don't make it any better. That my girlfriend gets here. Okay. Night one. Night one. She, let's go to the bar. All right. We're going to celebrate. But on this particular night, there were probably 10 to 12 of us gathering. Probably, yes. We never rolled that deep. But on this particular night. Yes. Just some people we'd met along with the regular crew. Now we're all together. Yes, we are. And I'm kind of half in the bag already. So the owner of the bar. He comes over and I said, hey, I want to I want to introduce you to my girlfriend. And he's like, sure. So he comes over to the table and I'm like, Tom, this is Beth. Well, my girlfriend's name is Leslie. Oh. <laughs> my ex-wife's name is Beth. So that was not good. This is the first day. It wasn't good for you. It was not good for I me. I thought it was hilarious. Yes. I had the presence of mind not to laugh or anything at the table, but it's just like, Oh, my oh God, God, this night's going to be so this bad. This is so horrible. <laughs> he is not getting laid forever. I'm so glad True. it's not me. True. So then she started drinking Yukon Jack. Oh, she's, look, she's not me. like a heavy drinker, but she was. She didn't really say anything at the table because, again, there's you other remember, people. She also drove 3,000 miles to be here. But she's not a heavy drinker. This happens. There's a weird hush for a second, but we're all smart enough to try to keep the conversation going. And she's like, Yukon Jack. It's like, oh, she's pissed. Yeah. I mean, she's swinging for the whiskey fences yeah. with that one. In the man. meantime, a conversation's going on with Ted and the person that uh, my girlfriend drove out here with, who happened to be her cousin. Oh, God. Okay. And so I can't remember <laughs> what was said. And I'm not going to repeat it verbatim, but Ted did a similar kind of thing the same exact night, pretty much. Uh, I can't really. was commenting he, on a lifestyle. He wasn't really commenting on a lifestyle. He misidentified he, someone's sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> but looked right at them and said, hey, but, and I don't mean any offense to you. And she's like, why would I be offended? It's like, oh, oh. Or are, are you not gay? She's like, no. Oh, no. no. <laughs> yeah. 
and one as more. she's sitting in her college sweatshirt, and I'm just like, yep, yep, yep. So I think I told you this, Steve, but I haven't told uh, I haven't told Mike this one. So my daughter, who goes, uh, she goes to college. She's like a lot of people. She's getting into baking during the pandemic and everything else. She was sending me all these pictures. She was making challah bread, focaccia bread, trying to make baguettes. I mean, she was just baking her her ass off. She'd send me pictures of the mixing bowl. And I'm like, you don't have a mixer, you know? She's like, no, I don't have a professional mixer. I'm mixing everything by hand. If you know anything about making bread, that's ridiculous. It's very hard to be consistent. It's, I mean, she was working her ass off to try to to make dough, which is not easy without a mixer. It's it's nearly impossible, and she was still pulling it off. So I was like, hey, baby. I was like, I, uh, I've i got a mixer. I was like, I got it as a wedding present. Um, I've never used the thing before. You know, why don't you just take it? You know, you can have it, right? So I bag it up. She takes it home. And when I say home, she's going back to her mother's house. And uh, I call my current wife, and I say, uh, hey, I just want you to know that uh, Kate's been baking and that wedding present that my stepfather gave us, Dan, the Cuisinart Red Mixer, is like, yeah, I gave it to her. And she says, Dan didn't give us a red <laughs> Cuisinart. <laughs> I called my daughter because I didn't want her to thank Leslie. And I said, uh, hey, uh, hey, Kate, I said, uh, yeah, that mixer you got, uh, I don't think that was the right wedding. She said, uh, She said, yeah, my mom said, why in the f*** did Miles give you that mixer? That was a wedding present. I was like, ah, ah, wrong wedding. Damn it. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill. Oh, man. A Double Flush Production.